Welcome to Your Music Saved Us, where two friends blast ourselves into the past to relive and recontextualize the alternative Christian music we grew up listening to in the 1990s. My name is Jay, and I'll be your host today. And with me is the boy who's in control of everything, Clifton. Clifton, how are you today? Rough. <laughs> that, song, that that line really stood out to me like as I was going through this. Really? So, uh, okay. All right. Well, good. I'm glad yeah. I picked it then. Yeah, that, 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 that's okay. Well, speaking of that, what are we, li- <laughs> what are we listening to today? We are listening to the sophomore album by Cosmos Express Simulcast. How do, how are we listening to this? Was this hard to find? Yeah, it's not on the streaming platforms. So there were there were a few versions available on YouTube, but I went ahead and put it up as like one single video with timestamps for the song, so you can go listen to it there. Yes, and that's honestly what I used for part of this. So thank you. That was nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, our, it's on our uh, it's, on, it's on the Your Music Saved Us yeah YouTube channel. Yeah. To follow up, was this played in youth group? Um, you know, I think the real question be is like, had anyone other than like me and one or two of my friends ever heard of Cosmos Express at all? Uh, so no, not really. Although that said, I will say that there was an intern, one of the, like the youth group interns that actually really did like Cosmos Express. So it probably could have gotten played if they tried, you know? So I was thinking about it, like, as I was, as I was like going through this, I was like, you know, it was really nice to have a an intern who was like someone in a position of authority who actually like really understood a love for music, you know, because I, fe- I, I, I think me and my friends always felt very isolated because, you know, for most people, music was just like something you put on when you're driving, you know, and for us, it was like something very important to our lives. And that, I think that was a, it was a nice to have someone in the church who actually understood that. I get that. I we had interns as well and it, it always kind of felt like sometimes they were for lack of a better word bros sometimes and it was mm-hmm. like yeah exactly talk about football talk about other stuff but when you're like oh I like this band this music they're like hmm anyway did you watch that game <laughs> you know like whatever <laughs> like and so I get yeah. that if I'd had somebody that was like and actually I guess I did I'm thinking of some older people there that were kind of in that role who appreciated it 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 was a nice connection, yeah, and you didn't feel so alone. Yeah. Speaking of experiencing this in youth group and church, are we getting preached at on this? You know, it's, it's I don't know if preached at is the right word. There's a lot of metaphor here. So it's very thick with, I wouldn't say theology, I guess, but like God stuff. But, you know, it's, it's, it's there, but it's not like in your face getting thrown at you kind of thing. Okay, fair. Before you tell us about the band, and before I forget, I want to tell everyone to visit <laughs> patreon.com slash YMSU to contribute, to get extended episodes, to get Your Music Damned Us episodes. All that stuff is there. We really appreciate our patrons. It helps us pay for hosting and editing and all those good things. So 
Mm-hmm. If you're not a patron, please consider becoming one. We would love to have you join the exclusive club. Clifton, tell us a little bit about Cosmos Express. Cosmos Express is more or less a project of Rob Goriab. Rob Goriab. Sure. I found a bio on his now defunct personal website, and I've kind of compiled just like a Reader's Digest version here. Rob, who was born Robert Dell Ward on uh, August 19th, or August 9th, 1968 in Los Angeles, California. He had his start in music uh, basically in junior high. He and a friend learned a bunch of Beatles songs and played them at a convalescence hospital. And, you know, he was pretty content to play Beatles covers. Um, That was until hearing The Jam and The Clash that Rob found his own musical identity. I'm just reading this, by the way. Okay. (laughs) He says... I was listening to the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, even though those groups weren't my generation. But then I caught on to punk, to, on to punk and the second wave of mod. Everything clicked and it consumed me. At the age of 14, he got his first break when asked to sing on the Gleaming Spires record, Funk for Children. And this is a... Uh, uh, it's it's, it's kind of hard to call this a break because this was really kind of like a weird... Have you ever heard the Gleaming Spires? No. Okay. It's like this weird new wave band, and it's literally called Funk for Children, and it just features a children's choir that's singing, Funk for children, funk for children, funk for children, like that. And that's, I guess, what he was part of the choir. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I'm looking this up right now as you're talking. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) It's not a great song. Right. From there, like any young musician, Rob was in amateur bands, a few that were pretty good and got a, a name in the local scene, including a band called The Dynamics and another band called The Signal. He won talent shows, played school dances and parties, picked up whatever he could from those around him. He said, I just got a lot of experience wherever and however I could. I didn't care who or what it was for as long as I was doing music. In the early 1990s, he joined Mike Stand of Alter Boys as a founding member of the band Clash of Symbols, a hard rock band with catchy pop melodies similar to Weezer. Now they say that. Yeah, but- I had one of their albums. That's not <laughs> correct. Um, yeah, no. I mean... It is kind of pop rocky, but it still very much feels rooted in like 80s kind of Bon Jovi stuff. Like I wanted to like it more than I did. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was the guitarist, uh, one of the guitarists for that band. Around this time, he was also in a band called the, De- the, the Defenders and Just Plain Big and King Holiday. So this part, this next part comes from the Mike Knott website. So sometime in late 1995, but before 1996, Mike Knott formed a band with Rob that recorded some for Elektra Records. Their recordings have never been released, though. While on tour for one of those bands, I'm not sure which one, in Europe, he played a sample of some songs he'd been working on 
to a record executive who then signed him as a singer-songwriter to Zumba Records, or a Zumba Music Group, which is the parent company of Sublime Records, who we've, we discussed them when we talk, talked about Quill. Soon after, Rob walked away from all those other bands to form the rock band Cosmos Express. Uh, Cosmos Express was Rob on vocals and guitar, Bo Birchall on guitar, G.J. Torres on bass, and Mark Powell on drums, piano, and other percussion. This next bit I stole from Cross Rhythms. Rob put together Cosmos Express with a strong batch of tight, hooky rock songs in less than six months. They signed to Sublime Records not long after, which is just they decided like where they're going to release it on as far as the Zumba group, and instantly went to the studio to record their debut now. And also, if you're wondering um, where the name came from, they're named after a Paul Wheeler song. Paul Wheeler was the vocalist for The Jam, which was one of those early like punk bands and, you know, mod punk bands in 1977. So can I say I learned this, too, and I looked up that song Cosmos and listened to it. And yeah. did you listen to it? Yeah. It sounds nothing like The Jam or Cosmos Express. No, it's pretty boring. Yeah, it's kind of got like boring, funk, yeah. jazz. Like I, yeah, I was confused more after hearing it. Yeah, I, I I listened to quite a bit of Paul Wheeler, and it was not. I didn't enjoy. I like the jam, but yeah, his solo stuff. I was kind of yeah, like, me too. Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. I agree. So Rob says of that, I'm not sure what that song really means, but to me, it meant some kind of search for God without boundaries or expectations. This is why we want. This is the way we want to express our faith. After releasing Now in 1997, the next year, they recorded Cosmos Express with Gene Eugene in the famous green room. That's where this album came from. You know, we should really go back, Clifton, and do a tabulation of how many of the albums we've covered so far have been recorded in the green room. I bet it's <laughs> at least double digits. Yeah, it's probably half of them. So do you have any memories with this? Like when, it, when you first heard it or any particular experiences, anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Of like of all the music through the years of high school and and some of junior high, you know, the only album I ever remember like anticipating, like waiting impatiently for was this album, uh, Simulcast by Cosmos Express. I literally had the poster for this album on my wall before the album even came out that I snagged from a local Christian, the local Christian oh, bookstore yeah. because what else were they going to do with it, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> You know, as, as a kid growing up on predominantly like punk rock, Cosmos Express had kind of captured my imagination with their first album. Now, I didn't really understand like why or what or or what I, I liked about it. And strangely enough, like it made me like almost uncomfortable because I'm like, am I allowed to like, you know, as like an insecure teenager, I'm like, am I allowed to like this like poppy, soft music? You know, <laughs> am I am I am I betraying my my punk roots. I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> but it, it, even then, it, it didn't sound like stuff on the radio. But it was what my kind of like neophyte self uh, didn't know at the time, though. Highly influenced by the Kinks, the Beatles, the Who, and the Jam. Now it was a pretty kind of like like feel-good album of kind of like mixed quality songs. It's mostly just pop songs. Um, but when I heard that that Cosmos was coming out with a second album and that it was going to be darker than the first, I was uh, I was really excited by that. So pretty much the moment it came out, I bought it. Any memories from you know listening to it or songs or anything like that? Yeah, you know, I I think it like 
Like I, 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 I remember, like I have a distinct memory in my head of like the CD, mm-hmm. like as flipping through my CD binder for this, like I knew what the CD looked like. Right. And I still have that picture in my head. I remember getting to school and kind of like the album not being over, obviously, because it didn't take that long to drive anywhere in my hometown. <laughs> so I remember getting to school and just being and like just sitting in my car for the album to finish. <laughs> and and, you know, I think I think one of the big things on this is like the influence it had on my life musically beyond that, like. Like I, like I mentioned, I, I'm, I, you know, I was concerned if I was allowed to like allowed to like this like soft poppy music, but you know, listening to this and 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 I think I think a few months later, Quail came out and and that kind of stuff. So I think between all that, I kind of, I can I kind of realized that all of these things. First off, they actually kind of go back to punk roots already, right? Like it has a similar lineage of punk. Plus, you know, it helped educate like the stupid sheltered kid that i was that you know into a world of music that i had never heard before obviously like i said i knew at the time that it had beatles influences but that's all i really understood you know and i also knew that it kind of like sounded like oasis and blur though i'd only heard their songs on like the radio in classrooms when they turned on the radio so i'd never really heard their stuff but i think it really opened up this world of like of this like independent kind of pop music and like what became basically indie pop. So I think this is kind of my first uh, foray into that kind of stuff. Any, like, have you, have you revisited it since then? I mean, any, any ideas on what it was going to be like before you dived in? So I actually, this, when, when I was doing that, when I attempted to do the blog that was similar to what this podcast is several years ago, this was one of the albums I tried to write about. And I think this is actually the one where I just kind of gave up on the blog because I didn't know what to say about it at the time. So I, I had listened to it not terribly long ago, but even then I wasn't sure, like, like I wasn't sure if I was, cause I remember that I gave up on the blog because of this album. <laughs> so I wasn't sure if I was going to find that it was like, not very good or if it was boring or if it was just not performed well but I, I i will say that you know i put it on and i think that the songwriting is there the performances are there the performances are really there i think i think the performances on this album are are outstanding so yeah yeah happily i think that this does stand up to what i remember as a, as a kid good well you want to yeah. jump in Let's do it. All right. Tell us about the first song, Clifton the Force. Uh, so this song starts out with like some quick, quick, uh, like scraping guitars, like. Take a trip on a runaway ship with a destination course. Sorry to say that it's not the same as a magical mystery tour. Although you think you get it now, you're really in for it. Cause days like these are an invitation for those. Um, and the vocals come right in, and the and really the entire band comes in pretty quickly too. Scraping kind of keeps up with this kind of like fairly trippy, fun bass line through the chorus. I mean, really, I, I kind of love the bass on this album. It's, it doesn't ever go really super wild, but it definitely you can see the the Beatles influence on the bass here. 
in that it's not just it's it's very rarely just super straightforward unless unless there if there's a lot of distortion going on, you know, it gets pretty straightforward. But for the most part, there's actually pretty fun bass on this album. But then we actually get this like so this is a pretty fast song and we get this like almost like punk esque chorus, which if listening to this coming from now for me, which is mostly just like pretty standard, you know, pop songs. Well, that's not true. It's not like radio pop songs, but it's like in very much in the line of the Beatles and the Kings and stuff like that. Getting this song was like, I was like, okay, what's going on here? You know, it was, it was, it was much, I, I, it was a, it was a very pleasant surprise, I would say. <laughs> and you get this kind of just like clangy drums and, and the very simple repeated line, I'm mad into the force for the chorus. And really, it's a pretty short and fast song. It comes in at like one minute and 45 seconds. It repeats. And then it abruptly goes into this like slower, like short piano bridge thing at one point, which is kind of fun. But by the end of the song, you know, you probably aren't sure what to expect from the rest of the album, honestly. Because this is such a big departure from their first album, and it's it's energetic and it's fun, you know, and and, and it definitely has you know some mod and punk and British invasion influences in it, and and what you can make out of of, of the lyrics even have some has has a Beatles reference I think right off the bat, kind of in the second line. The first line is "Take a trip on a on a runaway ship with a destination course." Second line, "Sorry to say that it's not the same as a magical mystery tour," which is a a Beatles reference, right. you know. And and you also get this I'm mad into the force thing, and you're probably thinking to yourself like, what is going on here? That it's it's yeah, you know. So you have these like nice cryptic lyrics, which the first album had good lyrics, but they're not kind of like this metaphor lace kind of cryptic lyrics like this album does. And so you know, I think it's I think it's a, it's a very fun and and uh, and and energetic song to start off the album with. So I'm glad you brought that up. That was a question I had. I put that in my notes. I'm mad into the force. Is this? He's yeah. a big fan of Star Wars. Like what? What's going on? <laughs> you want to talk about lyrics? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So yeah, the 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 lyrics for me, especially when I was a kid, were were great because you know they're fun and exciting with a sense of kind of like wonder to them. And like I said, the the first line is "Take a trip on a runaway ship with a destination course." It sounds kind of nonsensical, but then you think about it and you're like. Okay, you know, I can get that. It's kind of like implying that there's kind of this adventure going on that might seem out of control, but it it's not out of control. There's definitely somewhere it's going on purpose. That's kind of how the whole album, the uh, whole whole uh, whole song is, I think, in, in that it has kind of this like somewhat metaphorical, not straight ahead. You got to think about it lyrics, you know, that, but they're also written in such a way that I think that it, it feels relatable, but also... Mystical isn't the right word, but like full of mystery and adventure kind of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see that. And so, you know, I think kind of the the theme of the song is kind of like this this promise of a, a, a of a Christian life that's not going to be predictable or safe, but would instead be like an adventure, which we kind of see around this time in in in. in um, Saddle you know, up your you know, horses. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we see that in Stephen Christian Cabinet, The Great Adventure. 
And also, you know, you see it in kind of like the wild at heart type of thing. And, and, and you know, the kind of that whole culture that that's discussed in, in that in that book, uh, in that book, Jesus and John Wayne, that kind of mm, wild at heart. Right, right. Culture, you know, there's some great lines in it, but they're also kind of weird, like 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 change your life. It'll change your wife. It's about the blood rush in. <laughs> it's fun. It's not straightforward. So you have to actually read it and think about it. I, I do have something to share. Go, go ahead. Ask your question. I was saying you still didn't really answer it. What is I'm mad right, into the force? Right. So let me give you that. Okay? okay. So I actually found, I don't know, it's this weird website, like for youth pastors, I guess. Oh, no. And, <laughs> <laughs> but it has a bunch of songs. It has like a database of songs where like artists have actually submitted like short little answers on what the song is about. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's actually a little bit helpful for us here. And so Rob, I, I assume it's Rob because it, it, all, it's, it says I, right? Okay. So he says, I often think about how being a follower of Jesus is a journey and an adventure. Accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior is something that needs to be taken seriously with your heart and mind, not just emotionally with warm fuzzies. He's the force. The song is hopeful in a fresh way of viewing faith. Hmm. So, okay. it's not Star Wars. I'm mad into Jesus because Jesus is the Force, which kind of makes sense, you know, that Jesus is, you know, if you want to take the Christian uh, uh, cosmological, you know, he's the first mover, he's a prime mover, you know, the cause for everything. But right? Clifton, was he afraid to speak Jesus's name and just had to use the word Force? Why? Why not just say Jesus? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, Jesus does get brought up other other places in the album. So I don't think that he's just afraid to say Jesus. This, this isn't. I don't. I don't think you can make the same arguments as like as that were made against um, jars of clay here, right? Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> that said, I, I actually did. So this is. I actually have a little paragraph to read here from Seven Ball, a, 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 an in, from an interview that was done at the time that this album came out. That talks about the lyrics. And they said the improvisational approach was also kind of was talking about songwriting, and then it goes in here into the lyrics here. The improvisational approach was also applied to the lyrics, most of which are, at best, enigmatic, at worst, inscrutable. I've, and then a quote here from Rob. I've never been good at saying, I'm going to write about a, a song about this. I just can't. I don't think what I do is art. I'm good at dummy lyrics. The line, please believe me when I tell you that it's more than I can take. Don't forget that I don't, don't forget I don't believe you when you throw it in my face. Sounds really thought out. I babbled it off the top of my head. Thank God I had a tape, a tape recorder. So some of it's a little bit just stream of consciousness, but feels like there's some yes. meaning when he thinks about it later. Yes. Okay. And I'm okay with that because it's, it's still fun. And, you know, I mean, it's stream of consciousness is still coming from somewhere, right? Yeah. You know, and so I, I think that there's plenty of, of, of meaning to find there. And, and, and you know, I, I, I assume, he doesn't say here, but I assume that at some point he actually went back and edited some lyrics to make them make more sense, you know? Yeah, fair. Beyond just the, the initial stream of thought. <laughs> yeah. What'd you think about the song? So I'll, I'll be honest. I, I don't think I'd listen to Cosmos Express, Express much of all, like at all. The first album, I remember the cover of the first album more. So maybe if I'd mm -hmm. ever heard them, it was that one. 
so when I put this on, I was like, oh, this is more aggressive than I thought it would be. And a little poppier. <laughs> like it was, yeah. I was not expecting it, I guess, to sound like that to start off. Right. So yeah, I liked the song. It was pretty fast. Like it's, it's you know, like you said, it's a minute 45. It's short. Mm-hmm. I liked also how the drums were kind of aggressive. I noticed that a few times in yeah. this album. They kind of have like, like the double snare hit that leads into the chorus on this. There's a lot of crack cracks right before right before uh, right courses here. Yeah. yeah, so I liked that. So yeah, I enjoyed the song. I, I mean, you know me, I tend to prefer more upbeat stuff. So actually, probably this is one of the yeah. highlights of the album for me because I feel like we <laughs> mostly slow down, at least a little yeah. bit after this one. Um, mm, yeah, I mean, it start, definitely starts to slow down. Yeah, and I will say overall. I struggled with the lyrics quite a bit on this album and, 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 you know, I'm not always like a lyrics first guy, like that's fine. But when I'm trying to like scrutinize them for this, I was a little kind of lost on a lot of them, but I, I gave it my best shot. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I liked it. Cool. Should we go on number two? Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to skip the second song, but I do have a little bit to say about it. Um, I think it's a good follow-up song. It's not super special to me. It does have a, a great line in it about it's basically a song about like not selling Jesus. Don't want to be a seller, want to be Paul Weller. <laughs> <laughs> so, song number 3, take me away. So, I, the last track was also, you know, it's not as fast as the first song, but it's still pretty pretty fast and heavy and, so, and as is this one. It keeps pace um in the in the intensity of the album going with a pretty hard rocking intro. Like I said, it's it's definitely keeps up the speed, you know. But, you know, like on, on now, all the songs were pretty, pretty bright, pretty sing-alongy, you know, whereas this one, all of a sudden we're like, this is a minor chord. I mean, this is a minor key here, right? So we have something like darker and, and just different going on here than we got on now originally, you know, so which, as like I said, as a kid, I loved, like, I was really looking forward to, to, to this being a kind of a darker album, <laughs> but not only that. My musical exposure up to this in my life is like, you know, I've been listening to punk rock and ska, of course. And, and you know, I, 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 uh, my dad listened to like Led Zeppelin and, and Creedence Clearwater Revival, you know, and, and my mom listened to like Garth Brooks, you know, and, and there's the Christian music. And, but like, I'd never heard anything like this. And so it was very, it was very intriguing to me as a kid, you know, that it's, it's not like any of those things. <laughs> And so this, this this song, like I said, it's 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 in it's actually in B minor, so it's it's, it's in a minor um, key. And so you know, it starts off here. It actually starts off with with the B minor chord, but that that lead part here that you get like right as the song opens. That's just plain. Um, it's it's actually just C sharp and D, which is the the second. So it's a second note. C sharp is the second note in 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 B minor, and then D, which is the the note that makes it a minor, actually, a minor key, is is kind of creating this uh, this kind of dissonant thing that's going on. They're actually both in the in the um, 
in the key, but it's it's creating this kind of dissonant thing that's going on here. And it's I, I really like it. Then we get to the verse, which kind of slows down, has this kind of really ephemeral, arpeggiated thing going on. Yeah, and the distortion kind of cuts out on the verses. You kind of get that loud, soft dynamic. Exactly, yeah. yeah. A, lo- a lot of loud, soft dynamic. Yes, great. But it's a really interesting, like, like musically, I, I've, I've, uh, I've not gone back and learned many songs from, from, from these days. But I actually went back and learned this while, I was, uh, while we were doing this over the last two weeks. Um, because, just because the song is so interesting, so uh, musically, the, the, the chords for the verse and, and the intro there, it's in B minor, and, and the chords are A, F sharp minor, and G, which are 7, 5, and 6. So it's pretty interesting um, 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 chord, chord makeup there. Kind of just gives it this kind of like a little bit unsettling feeling to it, right? And that, 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 uh, that dissonant intro kind of cuts back in, um, kind of in the middle of the verse, and it goes back into a verse again. And then, as you mentioned, you get this kind of great kind of high intensity, like tat, tat, right as you go into the, uh, the chorus. This is how it feels when you're old. This is how it feels. Take me away. Take me away. So I I love the uh you know they 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 seem to have some pretty simple courses on here. This one's just taking me away, taking me away, taking me away. As far as the uh, the vocals are concerned, has really good backing vocals, which always give it kind of a dissonance. I also like like listen to the uh, listen to this like the the guitar on the uh, on the verse. It's kind of doing this doo doo thing, but it has like this really big round sound to it. just like it's like this it's not haunting but it's like it feels different than 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 things i had heard at that time in my life i think and so it just i don't know it gives a nice feel to the song all right so let's 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 dive into the lyrics here um let me let me read the lyrics here and then we'll yeah it's pretty short for this pretty short (laughs) yeah all i do is dream i'm the boy who's in control of everything which is uh, jay's opening line there Time is yours and mine. In the end, what you give is what you get. This is how it feels when you're old. This is how it feels. Take me away. Take me away. Take me away. Rise and sound the voice. I'm free from the pressure to compete. This is how it feels when you're old. This is how it feels. Take me away. A bunch of times. What do you think the song is about, Jay? Clifton, I'm going to be honest. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> that was me on most of the songs on this album. So, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming Take Me Away is some kind of God thing. You know, I want to be caught up in you or something, but I honestly had no idea. Okay. Okay. So, I just kind of like, as I was going through this, I just kind of wrote down what, what I thought about this song when I was a kid, which actually turns out to be kind of pretty, pretty on with the actual theme of the song, which I was surprised by because it seems so elusive. Let's say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But anyways, 
the lyrics for the song definitely captured my imagination as a kid, especially this the, the the that intro line. You know, all I do is dream. I'm the boy who's in control of everything. It's it's very evocative, and for me. Like I said, I, I didn't know if this was meant to be interpreted this way, but for me, it was very much about like dreaming of being something more real, maybe, as opposed to being, quote, the boy who's in control of everything. Having nothing to do with being in control of like the world around me, but having to be constantly like control control of like how I present myself, you know? And and I was I kind of felt weird writing this down because I felt like I was very self-consumed writing this. <laughs> But, you know, uh, from my perspective, you know, like I've, I've always been tall. And so being tall kind of always means that everyone always notices you when, when you're around, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, for example, consider myself to have been fat in high school, but I always got called fat. So I had to like present myself in a way that's very contrary to like fat stereotypes, you know, kind of controlling, you know, who got to see the presentable me or who got to see the, the real me. Which is probably something that all, I assume, you know, something that all teens kind of go, go through in their own way. Right. That's what that line meant to me, is that kind of controlling how I'm perceived by everyone else. Hmm. Okay. I could see that. Yeah, now the song makes a little more sense. All right. Yeah. Which also makes sense out of the, really, like, if you, if you don't get that, this is how it feels when you're old. Sounds really weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think what he's just saying there is, like, as you get older, you don't care about that shit. Hmm. Okay. So let me. That said, this is uh, on that uh, youth pastor website. This is what he said. This is a song about finally coming to a place where you really don't have to care about what other people think. Peer pressure has no effect on you. You don't feel the need to compare yourself to others. You have no time for unnecessary opinions. You just care about being truthful to who you are. That's part of the freedom in Christ. It's. Sorry, the last part, freedom in Christ. I'm like, that's interesting because, um, I, I'm getting off the lyrics for a second, but like, yeah, thinking about when that time period, like, when you're in evangelical church, is there actually much freedom? Because I feel like the expectations <laughs> no. there are like crazy high. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would. I mean, definitely, it's not something that you're going to experience in a Baptist church. That freedom in Christ, right? Right. right. They say that a lot, like everyone, freedom in Christ. Yeah. What the hell does that actually mean? Yeah, exactly. We talked about this on the last episode. You know, everyone has expect expectations of you, and their expectations are definitely rooted in their view of the world. Right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 it's, and it doesn't have anything to do with Christianity. It doesn't have anything to do with any of that shit. It just has to do with like what pretty much like how were they raised and what like they've, they've given a moral standing to what they're used to. Yeah. And this also hit me. I've, I've, I've been trying to, so I watched the first two seasons of handmaid's tale when it came out and then I kind of fell off because it was coming out too quickly and I was too busy and which is weird because it didn't, it only came out like 10 episodes at a time each year. You know? Right. <laughs> but, I get it. You know, you get, yeah. And it's a pretty heavy show, you know, but but this, the fifth season just came out and I'm trying to catch up so I can watch it. So I, I've been watching Handmaid's Tale. And especially as we get, I'm into season three now and watching it and like, it's kind of funny because they keep talking about things like this freedom in Christ and like, you know, take time to become who Christ wants you to be. But it's like when you're living in an authoritarian state that has expectations of you. How in the world can you ever admit sins? You know, <laughs> like mm, right. Unless it's in unless it's in the context of 
I got caught sinning and so I have to admit my sin to not get killed. How are you just going to casually admit to sins in a fucking authoritarian state that wants to enforce a certain biblical, a certain in, biblical interpret, uh, interpretation of the Bible on you? You know, I don't know. I did, that just came to me, you know, so, and that, that, but, but that in, in, in a much softer way, that kind of has to do with the same thing with, with, with kind of being raised in a Baptist church, you know, people have these expectations of you and, and, and you're allowed to say that you messed up, but only like because you're super duper sorry, not because like, Hey, I messed up and it's time to move on from it. You know? Yeah. Like you need to feel some guilt and some shame about yeah. that. Exactly. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's interesting because so, yeah. the, yeah, the idea should be just moving on and, you know, bettering yourself rather than wallowing mm-hmm. in all of it, but it's really the opposite. Um, yeah wonder what it'd be like to be raised in that we probably wouldn't have near as much time probably wouldn't be doing this podcast yeah (laughs) (laughs) good point oh well (laughs) (laughs) all right you want to do number five well we're not gonna spend any time on lifetime uh it's a slower song i thought it's a good song but for me like the second half is just like too much like standard like kind of hard rock kind of guitar stuff The, the last half of the song. Yeah, but track five, gone. So kind of we're slowing down a little bit here already, you know. But we get something different on this this song, which is it immediately starts with some strings. Ooh, that's what I was about to say. Strings. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's there's two songs on this album that have strings. This and we'll, we'll talk about the other one when we get to it. There, there's two cellos and a viola on, on on the string arrangements for this album. Jay, when do you think was the first time that you heard strings in like a rock and roll band? Ooh, that's a good question, Clifton. Off the top of my head, um, I don't know. It was, oh well, it was probably around this time. I do remember on Mike Knott's Strip Cycle solo mm. album he had a song with a cello in it i think yeah. there's probably others i'm not thinking of but you know this time ish in my life yeah yeah same for me like i think this was my first like big like first time i like really took notice of it you know so it's another thing that kind of a whole new world that opened up my eye that was my eyes were opened up to by this album i think the the strings here are really beautiful they're they're not super complicated, you know, but they do add like a, a somberness to the feel of this song. So that, that intro is kind of dominated by the strings and drums. The strings actually drop out after the intro and a, and a guitar takes over doing pretty much the same thing. <laughs> but through the first, through the, through the verse, there's this kind of just a weird, for me, it felt weird and I couldn't figure out why. 
besides once again being in a minor key there's lots of minor key songs on this album <laughs> but let me let me play this again going into the in, into the verse which is all the same it's just it's the same progression In most, I would say even most modern music, not just rock and roll, you know, 4-4 is the time signature that's most most commonly used. You know, you get some 3-4, you get some 6-4, you know. This, this song actually is in 4-4, though. But in addition to 4-4 being a most common time signature, you usually get repeats on an even number of measures. So either 2 or 4 or 6 or 8 things repeat on okay okay this repeats after three measures Mm. yeah not the typical four but then it has a total of eight measures in the verse so it goes one two three one two three one two three one two one two three one two three one two three one two okay yeah i don't know it's interesting it make it make it make gives the it's something that you don't think about that actually gives the song an interesting, um, an interesting feel to it. And then as as the uh, towards the end of the verse, we get this like really great kind of like super like it's 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 a Marshall guitar amp, but it's just a super like mid heavy uh, um, distorted amp that sounds great. Many times. We get the strings back there in the chorus. And then I'm, I'm going to skip to the third verse. The strings kind of come back in with everything else this time. So we get like a really full sounding. Everything's, there's a bunch of layers, I should say. simple song but i think it's really emotionally impactful this is this is one of my favorite songs back in the day i think a big part of that um the success of this song is of course because of all the layering of the bass and the and the two guitars and the strings and everything i think the biggest part is rob's vocals they're just really heartfelt and almost like heartbreaking especially on the lines 
I know I'm alive because I'm already gone. They're so they're so heartfelt without kind of submitting to the temptation to kind of uh, kind of lose control on them. They're still measured and controlled, I think, which kind of gives them even more. To me, it almost makes them more heartbreaking because they're they're under control, but you can tell they're very emotive. What do you think about the song? I figure you don't like it because it's too slow. Uh, <laughs> it was okay. All right, to give my honest opinion, and this is on some of the songs, I felt like like it wasn't bad, but it was more of that right. kind of thing like if my buddy here in town had a band and played this, I'd be like, yeah, that's good, <laughs> but I don't know if I'd like yeah. go out of my way to like track it down or listen to it otherwise. No, I understand that completely, yeah. Yeah, but this was this one was I thought the drums were like still fairly aggressive for the song, which I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. I could not figure out the lyrics though. Again, <laughs> let's talk about them. Yeah. Well, I'm, can I bring up a line then, since we're jumping in? Yeah. He says, "Angels call me." I think this is kind of like the bridge. Angels call it me. Is, strangers yeah. mean everything. I mean, does he want to die? Is that what that means? Angels call me. I I don't know. I was could not I don't figure know. this that's, out. That's that's. That's one of the lines that really jumped out at me too, and I have no clue what to say about it. It's 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 interesting, it's evocative, and I have absolutely no clue what it could possibly mean. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so for you know, like for me, this is one of the songs that I'm not super sure what's going on. I already mentioned, you know, the the, the line. I I know I'm alive because I'm already gone. It's intriguing, but it's 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 opaque. Here, let, let, so first off, on that youth pastor website. This is what he has to say about it. Dedicated to the men and women in prisons around the world. Okay. I read, does that, does that, was it the, maybe it was the seven ball interview. I read in something you sent that he said he had kind of written this and not exactly known what it meant either, but then he played it in a prison. Right. And kind of, am I ruining what you're about to share? No, it's fine. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and then kind of realized, oh, that's what it's about. Um, yeah yeah right so let, let me let me read that from this it, it is from the seven ball interview <laughs> sorry um it's it's just and it's just the next paragraph after the one i read earlier in most instances meaning didn't materialize until after the songs were completed he wrote gone the the record's lilting centerpiece with nary a clue to its meaning when he was invited to play at the at colorado detention center where his father and where his future father-in-law nikki cruz was speaking the cryptic prose became vested with meaning now we're going to do a quote here. I'm singing the song, and most of these guys are sitting there in handcuffs and shackles. Suddenly, I, I could not believe how every line was meant for them. Place your bets. No regrets, we're told. Take the blame. Feel the shame tomorrow. I've already been here so many times. Most of these guys are repeat offenders. I'm watching them, tears starting to come out of their eyes, and I thought, my gosh. God, that's what this song is about. I don't know. So I, I I do like your analysis that, you know, if a friend of mine wrote this song, I would definitely be super proud of him, right? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, you would go see it, and you'd be like, oh, this is not bad at all. Yeah, but I, I I that's kind of one of the things I had on this album where there's there's some really good songs on this album, but some of them do come off as kind of like, yeah, that's good, and they're they're fun on the album. Like I think the album flows perfectly, but. If you isolate some of these songs, like this one from the album, I do think it it loses a lot to it. I think that's how I felt overall about this a little bit as someone who had not, I don't have the history with it. 
So I was kind of like, yeah, okay. You know, yeah. next song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like it was just that, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. All right. The next song, uh, on top of the world track six. So <laughs> I honestly thought I would have a lot to say about this song. Cause it was one of my favorite songs when I was a kid. It's a nice song. But I think when I was a kid, honestly, I just loved screaming, don't bring me down because I'm on top of the world. Fair. Plays all our heroes. It's hard to say, it's hard to say. Believe me, man, I'm here to say it. Don't bring me down. Because I'm on top of the world. The lucky Jesus loves you. That's a fun. That's fun to sing along to. Uh, there's other some other great lines. Uh, You're lucky Jesus loves you because sometimes I just don't. Yeah, I I noted that one. I liked that one a lot. <laughs> I wonder why you smoke when you know it's a killer. My mind is in a cloud. I'm a four leaf clover. Can I? There's so many channels. Yet there's nothing to watch. If truth could write a book, I'd be nervous to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Good. So there's some really good lines here. Most of those, however, are just the first line of each verse. <laughs> yeah. So important songwriting tip er, er, lesson, everyone here, write some cool one-liners, stick them at the beginning of your verses, uh, then a one-line chorus that you can scream along to, and that's all you need. There you go. Especially, yeah, especially if you drop everything out, except for like one anemic guitar, and you kind of scream that line, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's tops. It works. I kind of thought the way, like, I, I don't know how to say it, maybe the cadence, like the way he delivers the lyrics oh, yeah. is a little bit interesting in this one. Like, like the the rhythm he uses is different than the other songs. Yeah, like, I, dun, my dun, mind dun, is dun, in dun, a cloud. Dun, yeah, I'm a four leaf clover. Right, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear that in any of the other songs. That was kind of this was the one song where I felt like he's kind of following a particular rhythm as he delivers the lyrics. I think we'll see that in one other song as we go through here. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're right. It, it may, and it may be the most interesting part of the song, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and and it makes and it makes these kind of it makes these like semi clever one liners kind of kind of work pretty well, I think. Right. So you want to dig into these weird lyrics? I mean, honestly, I just noted the part about "You're lucky Jesus loves you." Come sometimes I don't, and the other one I said, and that's about all I got. <laughs> I just had a bunch <laughs> of question marks, like I don't know. Yeah. My back is aching me, but so are my eyeballs. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Cool. I think that the meaning of the song is pretty straightforward and honestly kind of boring, especially if we pay attention to the last verse here. There's so many channels, yet there's nothing to watch now. Better to have a family. Your values are not found. I think it's just like, Turn off the TV, get back traditional family values, you know? Oh, man. Especially the... Traditional family values. <laughs> I don't... I mean, I don't think it's so much like, hey, don't be gay as much as it's like, gotta eat dinner with your family so you all stick close together kind of thing, you know? Okay. Yeah. There's the line, I'm on a road, and I, I think this is the... Uh, it, it, yeah, it follows Don't Bring Me Now because I'm on top of the world the third time, so I guess it's the bridge, maybe. I'm on a road and I know when I get there and I'll know when I get there because I'll be there and you'll be true. Hmm. So I assume he's talking about like he's on the road of life and he knows that he's traveling towards God and he'll know when he arrives because God will be true. 
I don't know. It's kind of boring. I don't know. I Yeah. Me either. All right. So let's hear what Rob has to say about it. Many directions, many thoughts, a transparent attempt at, ex- at, at, at exposing lots of thoughts while keeping my optimism. I'm sure Jesus often had random thoughts while on earth. I do mine in songs. Hmm. Yeah. That's okay. That's funny. Like, I'm sure Jesus, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I did mine in songs. Like, it, yeah. it, that's an interesting way to pull Jesus into everything, right? I'm in a Christian <laughs> band. I'm sure Jesus pooped. So I, you know, blah, blah. I don't know. It's just funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus yep. must have done this too because he was human. So, yeah, there we go. Yes. It's a very, very cynical take. Too. I appreciate I mean, it. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's not wrong. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Emotional number seven. Yeah. Track seven. Okay. Um, this is another short and fast and fun song. Honestly, still one of my favorites. The chorus of is uh, I'm so emotional. You're so beautiful. But you're not you're not singing it like he does on the song, Clifton. Honestly, just makes a song. It's about all you need for this song. Let, let, let's let's listen to it. And you're right. I didn't say it like he said it. Because once again, he actually says it with a very purposeful um, rhythm. Running on the spot, always having, always will. I'm so emotional. Okay, I want to talk about that because yeah. I was reading some of the stuff you sent me and I even watched that 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 video clip that we were talking about with the two terrible, you know, intro DJs who were flirting with each other clearly the whole time. Anyway, it's a side side conversation. But um when they interviewed the band, he in multiple places talked about yeah, Paul Weller, yeah. Brit like kind of like Brit pop mod culture and like the 60s and all that and, and even when you look at the packaging which i know we're talking about the minute of the album i was like okay i see what they're going for but i didn't mm-hmm. really hear it in the music until this song and with that really? chorus i thought oh i get it now like that that's what they're going for just to like i'm so emotional just the way they did it and then also that bass that comes out behind it like you know mm-hmm. kind of loud and clear i was like okay this is the first song where I really see it here. And I, I liked this song quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, I think to me, this, I, I like this song back in the day, but to me, this is, this is now one of the better songs on the album. Yeah. Like I would like me. to hear them do more like this, you know? Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I like the darker stuff too, but you know, this, this is, this really hits, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like the, you, you, you talked over it here, so I'll, I'll rewind a little bit, but I like this uh, kind of bridge they go into where they just make a bunch of noises. They actually do another bridge. Running on the spot, always have it, always will. I'm so emotional. You're so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Took mine up to a high. 
really like the end the end bridge there took my love to higher calling um i don't know i think it works really well and it's fun and it has a great rhythm but let's listen to that that bass that you just mentioned there jay on the on coming out of the uh into the verse, into the sorry, into the chorus. Like I said, I, I I felt like maybe this is one of the later songs they wrote, and this is the direction they were trying to go. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but <laughs> I really thought this kind of nailed what it felt like they were trying to do. What do you think the song is about? Um, yeah, so, I thought, like, you know, at the end of the song, he says, took my love to a higher calling. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, allow me to go on a bit of a tangent for a second. This, this seems like something that I felt like happened a lot in Christian music, especially Christian music we were listening to at the time. Mm-hmm. So there's some kind of vague lyric that could possibly interpret it as Christian. So like as Christian kids, we latched onto it and we're like, see, it's Christian. And I don't know why we need, I, I seriously, real question. I don't know why we needed to do this, why we could not just enjoy it on its own merits but it's like we had these strict unspoken rules and everything Mm -hmm. needed to pass some kind of test rather than just enjoying it for what it was we had to find something that could justify it as being christian i like the test thing it's like it's it's, it's almost like the supreme court like here's the rules on how you interpret you know um uh free speech violations you know like like okay let's let's run it through our little system over here does it come out as christian Right. It's like, okay, as long as they had a couple places on the album that they say something that could vaguely be construed as talking about God, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Um, yeah. I don't know. So I found myself going kind of back to my old way of thinking at the time when I'd hear that and be like, okay, that's about God. But really looking at now, it's like, I have no <laughs> idea what the hell they're talking about, honestly. So to get back to your question, yeah. I don't really know. I hooked onto that line and was like, oh, that's God, but I have no idea. Interesting. So I had the kind of opposite journey, which is I started out thinking that this was kind of like a quirky love song, but it's not, turns out. According to according to Rob, let me quote him here again. Jesus is speaking in the verses. I'm speaking in the choruses. It's about having faith in the face of the unknown. It's hard for me to let go of the reins. So Jesus is speaking in the verses. So let's read the first verse here. You can always change your life to another's plan, which means, hey, you don't have to keep doing your thing. You can always just do what someone else tells you to do. 
Now I'm here to, to be your guide. Won't you take my hand? You might as well. We all know yours didn't work out right. Okay. Is Jesus a dick here? Like, that's pretty... That's not... It's not kind. I mean, the evangelical Jesus was kind of a dick a lot of times, so <laughs> sure, this fits. All right. We have Mark's version of Jesus here. The dick version. That's the one who cursed the... Uh, the, uh, isn't it, is it, is he's the one like who cursed the, uh, the fig tree when it wasn't in season? Oh man, going deep on me, Clifton. I don't remember. Sorry. <laughs> All right, we'll keep moving on. I, if you don't, I though, I think if you don't look at this as, as an evangelical song, I think it's kind of fun. Okay. Including the lyrics. So, yeah. So, track eight, The Way. I think that this, and maybe I'm just speaking from my own self bias here. I can imagine this being one of the more popular songs on the album other than being slower. So obviously you're not going to like it. You know, <laughs> I could have seen it being a single musically. It's probably one of the most beautiful songs on the album. There's, there's even a, uh, there's even a self-made video on YouTube dedicated to the maker's wife for her birthday using this song. So, uh, you know, obviously someone finds it beautiful. This is where, strings reappear on the album and i just think it has it has this beautifully compressed guitar it has the strings there and there's a swelling to it you know it's not really that 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 you know loud soft loud soft it's just one kind of swelling thing through the whole song you know and i i i think it really works let, let me let me play here i want to play about about around two minutes into the song which i think is probably the most beautiful part of the song with it we get kind of the second chorus going on here into the bridge, and we get all these strings, especially after the line, watching you, watching me. Cause time can make you feel, and days can make you heal, but it's not the same. I wanna know. beautiful i think not a lot i'll say about it except for i can see why easily see why maybe someone's favorite song okay all right so so rob's explanation for the lyrics here are interesting he says i'm at a place in my life where i want to be open and go beyond the typical read my bible pray go to church i want that and more i want to know the way to meet christ in a tangible relational two-way daily lifestyle i'm seeking to go go beyond my own humanity so I want to read, you know, probably one of the main lines from the song here. Because time can make you feel, and days can make you heal, but it's not the same. What, what does that mean? 
No idea. Yeah. Time can make you feel. Uh, I think it should be the other way around. Yeah. The, the time can make you f- f- heal, right? Days can make you feel, I don't know, whatever. But it's not the same as what? Hmm. I don't know. I have no answer to this, by the way. I'm just like very confused by it. Yeah. What? But maybe it's just that stream of consciousness thing. Okay. All right. Let's move on to track nine here. She's on my side. A song about a girl. I think. I feel safe enough saying that, I think. (laughs) Jay coming down with a quick interpretation. Yep. Gotta go for it. (laughs) So, this is easily the song that gets stuck stuck in my head the most, maybe followed by emotional. Uh, So, the the song starts off pretty rocking with kind of like dissonant, one like single note lead here. I find the I find the 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 lead guitar intro interesting because it's it's just a single note being kind of it's, it's bent really to hell so it's kind of going dissonant you know but it's just a single note opening to uh, to the song <laughs> but it starts off pretty rocking and fun uh, the lyrics for the verse and the verses themselves aren't anything super special but the chorus is really simple but also kind of great and I like the uh, the dissonant uh, vocals on this one once again. They they do a really good job of that kind of stuff. I think you can almost like kind of, kind of teach a class on just that chorus right there because it, you you get a lot of great things in there. You 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 bring in kind of that dissonant guitar. You bring it to a full stop. You build up to the first part of the uh, to the chorus, and you let it all go. It's uh it's pretty great. Yeah, it's it's a catchy song, um, and I I did like that kind of like how that lead guitar starts off the song. Um, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about lyrics. Yeah. I think they're pretty universal. Hey. Love song. I, yeah. I was just looking at my notes. I said, lyrically, they switch between you and she a lot, um, which seem to kind of have the same meaning. It's not clear. And then I wrote, yes. I kind of feel like lyrics were an afterthought for this band. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think, the, do, they, do they go to you other than the, the bridge? Well, like, um, oh, the in the chorus. She goes with me when all of that. She lets me breathe, and then you know, you'll see. You're the one for me. She's on my side, and I feel fine. You're yeah. my future. You're my super girl. You're my escape. Yeah. Okay, fair. I mean, fair. I don't know. It's all over the place. Who cares, man? It's a good. I'm pretty sure song. this one's not about God, though. 
Unless no. he's like feminine so, god. I mean, maybe who knows? <laughs> I mean, I'm cool with that. Like, whatever. All right, here's what Rob says. Life is more bearable when you have someone on your side. Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding. The lyrics are directly about my fiance. I love her and I'm blessed. Okay. Now now that I hear you say Rob okay, Rob, I'm just gonna be honest. Like, you don't have to pull Jesus into every goddamn answer. Like <laughs> cool you got a fiance you're happy about it. that's fine that's enough you don't have to pull in like jesus's first miracle was at a wedding so obviously jesus <laughs> likes people getting married like come on man yeah he gave us he, you could you could easily just said like yahweh gave us a rib come on yeah <laughs> come on right <laughs> yeah i feel like he's he's really trying to pull jesus into every one of his answers but you said it was a youth pastor website so hey it's from a youth pastor website it makes sense okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think there's much else to say about that uh the last song uh track 10 starface is kind of a um their attempt to do a little bit of psychedelia i think but uh they probably should try some drugs <laughs> christian band's first time trying drugs hit record <laughs> okay go yeah all right uh so there's two singles for the album uh, the first song, The Force, and, and it actually had, did have a video made with it. Um, did you get to watch this video, Jay? Uh, shoot, did I watch the one for The Force? I think I did. Yeah, I think I watched both of them. It's not like it's not super memorable. It's it's basically like the guys in the band, and they kind of have a you know a somewhat kind of '90s version of the mod aesthetic going on, and they're kind of like Rob is in the center on playing his guitar, but the other people are you know those stands that they used to put like the bands on whenever they played on tv in the 60s you know like they're all like on their own individual little stand right right it's kind of like that you know they're kind of all all their own little stands and they're just they recorded it in slow motion and then played it back faster and some balloons fall at one point you know and uh what else is there to say? Oh, the uh, there's a there's like a lime colored arrow that shows up at one point, which is kind of a a, a, a visual element from their first album. Um, and also the British um, Royal Air Force's logo, it's kind of like a target that's like blue, white, and red, showed up, which is a very popular mod symbol. I'm told. I, I did I did read the Wikipedia article on mod culture. Um, that's it. The other single on the album was Gone, and it also had a video. Did you watch this one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched this one. Yeah, this is the one in the car and stuff. It probably yeah, places, yeah. yeah. And sadly, all the, there's a couple different versions on this online, but they all have, like, this weird audio error about two-thirds of the way through that causes a bunch of vibrato after that, and so it's hard to listen to. <laughs> but overall, the video is kind of, like, very blue, visually. It's very, like, dark and blue, kind of like the cover for the album. There are some band parts which they recorded quickly this time and then played it slower, right, Jay? Right? Slower than fast? I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the cellist for the is actually in the video for, for this song. Um, there's also a narrative part where I think a guy has a car breakdown on him and so he can't get to his girlfriend's house to pick her up for a date or something. And there's a, Jay, there's a cell phone. Whoa. What year was this? 90. Did you see the cell phone? What did we say? 97, 98? 98. 98. Oh, shit. Was it really big? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like like the big like the house phone, like the the cordless house phones mm-hmm. from the nineties. Right. Maybe it was it one like of those, that. and he's just acting like. It could have been. I mean, I don't it know about the budget like for the. Okay. Solo, anyway. Yeah. 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 Got it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> They're in California. Come on. Everybody oh, everybody had California cell phones even back then. Yeah. That's what we thought in Texas, at least, yeah. right? Like, like <laughs> California, oh, they're all cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then at the end, the guy, for some reason, instead of going to his girlfriend's house, he just shows up where the band is playing, and then he's sad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think the lesson from that video, by the way, is buy a car that doesn't necessarily look cool, but that runs. I mean, I, I could go with that. I mean, that's practical. Yeah. Yeah. Practical advice from Cosmos Express. <laughs> so give me your overall thoughts on the album. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think there's a bad song on this album. I, I, I do agree with you that not all of them are maybe ready for prime time, you know? <laughs> Okay. But I think the album works overall. And I really enjoyed it as a kid. And I really enjoyed it going back to it. You know, probably a large of that is just nostalgia and remembering the songs, sure. you know. But it was still fun to listen to. Um, I like, you know, I, I like the the dissonant guitars, uh, the dissonant leads, I should say, the chimey guitars, you know. It's a lot of sounds that blew my mind at the time because they weren't the kind of sounds that you hear in punk or ska or country music or anything else that I had available to me at the time, basically. Right. Okay. Yeah. I will add that it wasn't, I mean, it was, the lyrics were so opaque that it wasn't, you know, preachy. It, yeah. It, there wasn't a lot to be like super offended by in the lyrics, unlike next mm-hmm. week's, which we'll tell you what we're doing next time in a minute, but um, <laughs> I'm sure we're going to gripe about the lyrics more on that one. So. Um, okay. what did you think about like, you know, packaging, recording quality, all the, all that stuff, cover art? Yeah. Cover art. You know, I thought, you know, it's a photo of some nerdy guys messing with one of those, you know, like old school record players that they used to have in classrooms. <laughs> you know, there's a well-designed. Fair. Yeah. I, I do remember that. I even like, like Sunday school classroom <laughs> at church. I remember having yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I think it's kind of perfect, honestly, as a cover. And otherwise understated, which I which I think works well for what the album is. So you know, I I actually really think the packaging overall is good. Yeah. Hmm. They even yeah. have like I don't know if it's ISBN number. I don't know if that's the same thing they have for. <laughs> but that number that's actually, you know, listed yeah. later is actually on the front cover too. Yeah. Yeah. It it is the actual like barcode number right whatever you call it you know for kind uh, uh starflyer did this around the same time too with uh with um fashion focus okay right yeah yeah in fact it has a lot i mean even though they're very different it has a lot in common kind of like that minimalist very clean mm-hmm. graphic work of of, of of fashion focus yeah no, i it, actually thought like honestly the layout on this is pretty good and i could see what mm-hmm. they were trying to do um yeah. With that. I thought it, it honestly was pretty nice. I think it was by where did I see this on there? Hang on. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so it's it's by the Fairbanks Design Company, which is Daniel Fairbanks from Soul Food seventy six. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So connection to another band that we haven't done, but we probably should at some yeah. point. Their thanks for the album are pretty 
I don't under, I don't know who any of these people are for the most part, but I do think uh, Mike Naughton here. And I don't and and the, uh, <laughs> at the end it says oh, no Frank and Lori Lenz Frank Lenz was in okay a bunch of yeah. stuff uh, Jerome and Gyro that's Including, mortal aka folds into a okay uh, yeah you're right uh, oh Ian Esclin All Star United oh you missed that yeah. one the first time there, I missed that there one there you go yeah you're right I just I just completely missed that one Chuck Cummings time. Dakota Motor Company um some of these I just know because we've covered these bands. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. that's about all i recognize but yeah the greek is a person i don't know who it is but it is, i know it's a person okay. it, it says that their country he says their contributions early on in, in in cosmos express were greatly needed or something like that right yeah. yeah at the end it says love to all our friends supporters and fans you know who you are and so do we no thanks to those that bring us down may the jesus we love bless you all Here's the thing. May the Jesus we love. I actually found that pop up a few times in, in his writings that I was that I was looking over. That's very interesting, right? Yeah, what what does he mean by that? I don't know. You know, in, in some ways it's funny. I so today earlier we actually were on a hike with some friends and you know, it gets into politics and stuff, and they didn't grow up <laughs> like we did in any of this, but you know, she was saying, look. All this Christian nationalism stuff, like all this crazy right wing stuff. She's like, if they were actually about Jesus and just following him, she's like, I'd be a hundred percent behind it. And this is someone that like didn't even grow up Christian. She was like, that'd be great. Cause I think he was a great teacher. I think he advocated for great things. Like that's not a problem, but you know what they're really pushing for is power and all that. But so it makes me think about this. May the Jesus we love bless you all. Like, my interpretation of Jesus, cool, yeah. but the real Jesus, exactly. maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Like, is, is is it distinguishing from a different Jesus, or I don't know? It's very, it's very interesting to me. Yeah, it is interesting. What do you think of the album title, Simulcast? It's fine. I don't know what it has to do with the album, though. <laughs> Fair. It did make me look up the word when I was a kid. Okay, and yeah. It just means simultaneous broadcast, okay. like on more than one, yeah, like more than one channel or more than one media. Yeah, I feel like maybe they were still trying to do a throwback to that jam era, you know, and maybe the this, mod thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe this felt like something that sounded like I that. Agree. Yeah, Clifton, where are they now? Yeah, so I can't find a single word written about the end of the band. <laughs> I know they called it quits about a, a couple of years after this album came out with no hint at, at another album ever being in, in, in development or anything. Uh, the guitarist, Bo Birchall, actually joined another band around this time that this band started that was called Open Hand. But he was also like just one of like many members that seemed to kind of come and go through that band. He went on to start a band called Saison. Uh, Saison, sorry. S-A-O-S-I-N. Oh God, that band got really kind of big for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. So they got pretty big. Um, Interesting, huh? Yeah, very successful kind of emo post-hardcore band. Um, it's actually pretty. I actually listened to some of it today. It's pretty good. I liked it. Um, the band's still together. Even he's the only original member now, <laughs> but he's st- he's still doing that. Um, he also had a pretty successful career as a as a music producer and engineer. Rob and the drummer Mark Powell went on to form a band called The Get Set. 
as in ready, get set, go. Um, they got signed to Crank and put out an album in 2001. I listened to it, didn't really like it much. I was going to ask you, I didn't get to listen to it much, but Crank like put out Mineral. They yeah. put out a bunch of stuff yep. we liked from the time, and I didn't, I didn't yep. know that till you know doing some notes for the show. So that's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't like it much. I, I don't know. It just felt weird. It felt awkward to me. Like it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Okay. I feel. I didn't feel like it came together. Maybe that's a way to say it. Yeah, that's fair. Rob put out a solo album in 2003, then pursued a career writing music for TV shows. Around 2011, he put out a few songs and then a couple songs in the last few years. And strangely, he seemed to kind of disappear from the internet around the same time that he released a song in 2020. Um, then, I mean, like social media accounts, they're not just like private, they're just gone. Like everything's like you can see where he used to have media accounts and now they're just gone. Huh. So very weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't find any solid information about the bassist uh, G.J. Torres unless he is this martial arts expert that keeps coming up when I search that name. Well, maybe maybe he is. Maybe he is. <laughs> and if he's not, that guy has dominated that name in search results. Clifton, do you have an award for this album? I do, Jay. I'm going to say that this is probably the first and last album that we're going to cover on this show that is influenced by mod culture. Okay. Fair. That's it. I think yeah. you're probably yeah. right. The moddiest of all. There you go. <laughs> Clifton, what are we doing next time? Much like our last album, you know, it, it took us pretty much two years of doing this to ever cover MXPX, right? Which is maybe the biggest thing that happened in like alternative Christian music that we listen to. True. So much like that, but on a different, a different path. We are finally getting around to doing the decent Christian talkers. DC talks for you at last. Boom. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. So Clifton and I, I think that was peak DC talk for us. I know a lot of people peak it was Jesus, DC talk. Jesus freak. By then we'd kind of moved no. on, but yeah, free at last. That's it for us. So you're going to get our take on it, you know, <laughs> about 30 years later. And I'm pretty sure neither one of us have really listened to it since then. Zero times. All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Your Music Saved Us. If you enjoyed your time with us, please leave us a review or share this episode. Visit patreon.com slash ymsu to contribute and get extended episodes. Visit our website, yourmusicsavedus.com, to find out all the ways to listen. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Join our Facebook group or follow us to keep up with the latest or to interact with us. Send complaints and disagreements to yourmusicsavedus at gmail.com 
we probably check that every few months and maybe one of these days we'll even do like a listener we should do like a listener uh, 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 input episode Jay like we never cover that stuff we should we should really do yeah that. and I think what we get some really great stuff from listeners too and I just I'm always so busy you're right you know? and I think what also Clifton is maybe trying to say is maybe post it in the Facebook group or message us on Facebook and it might <laughs> get more response because it sounds like emails not being checked very often which fair Clifton's usually the one that checks it so I really can't say anything um, so <laughs> yeah uh, listen finally the music in this episode is the work of Cosmos Express and is used with apologies not permission and I don't think there's any you can directly buy online other than like Discogs or eBay or something but Rob has mm-hmm. some stuff on Bandcamp and I think Clifton yes. can link to it in the show notes I will indeed all right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye, everybody. recording okay all right you want to do a count on 11 on 11 sure one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven okay all right I think we've got everything. I'm sharing audio. Yeah, I don't know what else. Okay, we're good. Yep. You want me to start? I guess so. Let's do it. I say the middle part. Okay. Do you say that? I think I say the beginning and the end. I don't really know. It doesn't matter. All right, we ready? Yeah, let's do it.